Ah, here we go again. Another compliance training. Welcome, and thank you for joining me today to talk about <sighs> fiscal He's compliance so in the new year. Hey, welcome back to DIY Narrator. My name is Josh Risser, and I'm here to help you improve the engagement of your e-learners when you have to narrate a project yourself. When it comes to doing the work yourself, you're actually making a bet. You're saying to yourself, I bet the effort and time that I put into this work will be worth less to me than the cost and effort of finding and hiring someone else to do the work for me. You're also betting that the work you do will be acceptably good and effective compared to the work someone else might have done for you, at least given the cost savings. And honestly, I'm all about DIY, which is why I do this podcast for you. There are very few car repairs or home maintenance tasks or other tasks that I'm not willing to try myself before I concede to hiring someone else or even asking for help. And I know there are people out there like me who like to be deeply involved in the work that they do. They like to understand every aspect of it, whether they're an expert or not. But they also know where the line is. And the line exists right about three days into that retaining wall project I was working on a few years back that took me five full days and 100 degree heat or 30 degrees Celsius for you non-freedom unit folks out there. There's also a sunken cost issue and overcommitment, and that's another story entirely. Anyway... This episode is going to be interesting because I hope to give you a few tips to help you find things to keep you from sinking more time and labor into narration than actually anticipated. Because performing narration, and especially the editing process, can be a major time sink and really cause you to question if you should have just hired someone in the first place. The subject was inspired once again by the work I've been doing this last week. I've been doing a lot of really long-form narration stuff, like hours and hours of finished work and editing over the course of a couple of days for one project script. And it can feel brutal, like it's very tedious, but it really has me thinking about what I can do to save time during the narration and editing process. And what I want to do for these tips is move you through the three elements of the process, from script writing to narration to editing, and give you tips in that order since it's the most logical way to present it, and the work you do in script writing can save you time in narration, which saves you time in editing. This is actually going to be a three-part series, and this is going to be the first part we're going to focus on the script. So let's get going with the first episode in the series, preparing and writing your script. The first thing that's very important, and I'm assuming you already have words on paper, or you know what you're talking about because you're the one that's actually writing the script or someone else is writing the script for you and this is something that you can help share with them. The first thing that's most important when it comes to script writing is editing for content because not editing can be a time killer. For a voiceover talent, a poorly edited script or a completely unedited script can add a serious amount of time to the entire process. Since I always work as a third party, the back and forth to get script clarification and corrections can add hours and sometimes even days to the completion of a project. Because a lot of times, my contact isn't necessarily the SME. So they've got to go back to them and figure out what did they mean and what needs to be corrected. And for me, there's nothing more stressful than having a project on my plate for too long. I don't like to rush to complete things, but I try to get to work on a project immediately. And when I work on something, I want to get it completed and off my plate. 
because the weight of things on my to-do list and in my mind is just, it's not good. I don't like to have things up in there. And by up in there, I mean up in my mind constantly. Thankfully, since you'll probably be writing and narrating your script, you can mostly eliminate the back and forth that I sometimes have to engage in to get clarification on script elements that just don't seem right. I'm not going to narrate something and send it back and then have them come back to me two weeks and go, oh, this isn't right. Like, I, I want to make sure that when they get the project back from me, it's just correct according to what they have written. But if something doesn't seem right in the script, I'm going to ask about it and try to clarify that. Now, since you are both the writer and the narrator in a lot of courses, you may think this lets you off the hook, but it does not let you off the hook for doing a good job writing and editing your script. Always pretend that you have to let another person narrate the script because when you're on the mic, you're no longer the content writer or the SME or the instructional designer. You're not even a narrator because a narrator is someone who's reading a script. You're not there to read a script. You're performing. You're acting. You need to mentally place yourself in the same room with your learner, across the table or next to them, helping them through the process and working to help them understand the concept. If you're not mentally in the same room as your learner, you're not as effective and engaging as you could otherwise be. Things like typos, poor word choice, improper word usage, unfinished sentences, etc. can all cause you to have to stop narrating and switch back to the role of the writer or the planner. And it may seem like a small switch, but if you've really committed to the process of not just reading the script, but delivering it in a way that is convincing and engaging to a learner, it can really bust you out of character. And then you might struggle to find that character again and get back into the zone or the mental state that you were in. And there is a state of flow that comes with narrating a project. And that helps you speed up and get through a little faster. And you'll find that, hey, I just went four or five paragraphs without having a mistake without having to stop and start over. And that really, when you get in that groove, that saves you a ton of time. Now, I did an episode on this topic, and it's something I want to elaborate and revisit eventually. But in the meantime, if you haven't heard it or you want to go back and revisit it and learn some more tips on how to get into that zone mentally, check out episode one back at diynarrator.com slash 001. It actually still stands as the most popular episode of the podcast by far, not not just because it's one of the oldest, it has exponentially more downloads than any other episode. It's kind of unbelievable. And if you haven't heard it yet, you definitely need to go back and listen. It also outlines my entire philosophy and approach to narration as well as like the reason that I'm even doing these podcasts for you. That's the first one. The first one, content editing. Second one, arrangement. Hand in hand with taking the time to storyboard a learning module before you build it out, your script should be properly arranged and in order. There's a progression to learning. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end, just like a story. And when you narrate it, if at all possible, you should narrate it in that order. Beginning, middle, end. It's hard to say exactly why this has an impact on your brain, but there's something that happens when you're out of order in narrating. When you're in order, your brain seems to have a bit of an awareness that you've already covered the prereqs of whatever it is you're talking about. So being conversational with the script comes a bit more naturally. It's almost like your brain knows that you're just covering something and you left some other information out. Or maybe that's just my brain. But in a lot of cases, I'm learning while I narrate as well. So as I read the script ahead of time, before I even hit record, I'm picking up the concepts and watching for pronunciation issues and other things that prep the script so I can be prepared to be the instructor. And sure, you probably know the stuff in the script, 
But maybe you aren't the one narrating, or you're not the one writing it. Maybe you pass off the narration task to Sarah because she's the one that is on your team with the great voice. It'll help if everything's in order when Sarah goes to narrate it. Even if she has an understanding of the concept, she'll do a better job if she records it in order. Her brain doesn't necessarily know what's covered in previous scripts that she hasn't read yet, so if she reads something in the middle out of order, Sarah's brain will say, hey, wait a second, we missed something, and then she'll be like, I hope that Bill put that in the earlier modules. And in that moment, she'll lose character. She'll slip from being immersed in the performance, and suddenly she'll just be reading the script. Because she'll still be reading the words, but her brain will switch gears and be switching in and out of that character and the instructional designer that knows that something is missing and she hopes it's in a previous module that she hasn't read yet. Side note about Sarah and her great voice. A great voice has very little to do with how successful you can be doing this stuff. Being really successful in voiceover or just in your e-learning narration is more about the performance and the intent of what you're trying to do and not how great you sound on the mic. Alright, moving on. The first was editing for content. The second, arranging your script. And the third, planning ahead when it comes to file breaks, file names, what should be read, what shouldn't be read. There are things in the scripts that are always there, like headings and section markers. Should they be read? Should they not be read? Should they be used as file names for the section? How should you name the files? Where are the file breaks? Maybe it makes sense just to number individual files so they stay in some sort of order that corresponds to elements in your authoring tool. Honestly, I don't know what the best practice is for you in your specific case with your specific authoring tool. In my case, I just do what I'm asked to do or I ask if it isn't exactly clear when the script comes to me. Just to give you an example, I have one excellent e-learning client who provides a spreadsheet style script and I absolutely love it. The left-hand column is the expected file name, which is a number, let's say 12.4, and that corresponds probably to some element in the authoring tool she's using. That's my guess anyway. Then I add the module number to the front of it. So each row is an individual file in the spreadsheet. So the file name is something like module 4-12.4, module 4-13.6, whatever it ends up being. We end up with 20 to 30 individual files for each module. And it's awesome to know ahead of time because I can save myself a ton of time splitting the files in my DAW or my DAW. I use Reaper to record in and like in most DAWs, you can set up regions. And the regions can be named as you create them. And then when you go to render out the files, you can set it up so each file is given the name of the region that it's been assigned. So each region is rendered individually into files and the files are named based on the region's name. But that only saves you time in the editing process and the rendering process if you've planned ahead in the script writing process. We'll get more on how to use that feature of your DAW in the third episode of this series when we get into editing. Because remember, this is a three-part series. And with that... We're at the end of the first episode in the three-part series on how to save time when you're recording your e-learning. The best part is that we didn't even really talk about recording. Just script prep. And take it from me, I read dozens of scripts a week between jobs and auditions, and a well-written script will save you so much time when it comes to actually recording your project. Because we all know that batching work and doing all of one thing at once leads to better performance and efficiency. So do your best to make sure your script is tight, and ready to go and planned out ahead with the end in mind before you turn on the mic. 
So I'll leave you with that for now. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to head over to diynarrator.com slash 008 to check out the show notes, subscribe to the newsletter, and get a link to subscribe to the podcast in your favorite app. I'll be back next week with some time-saving tips that you can apply when you're in the act of narrating your project. So be sure to subscribe and don't miss out on that one and the other episode in the series, which is how to save time in the editing process. Thanks for joining me today. Now get out there and do some great work.